thanks for being here this morning. My name's Gary. Uh, I'm the youth work director here. I'm responsible for the young people in this church, along with their parents. Um, and uh, it, is, it is a privilege. It is a privilege this morning to uh, see four young people being baptised, including one of your own, uh, which is always nice. And uh, yeah, it is an absolute privilege. So thank you for being here this morning. And uh, as I said to these guys earlier on outside, everyone is for you. Everybody here is for you. There's not one person that is against you. And if there are, then they can come and see me. Simple as that. And I said, you know, you've got the host of heaven as well that are rejoicing this morning over what is going on here. So uh, really, really good. Now, uh, I don't know about you. We have just come out of this Christmas period, haven't we? It was about 11 days ago, something like that. Am I right? I don't know. My maths isn't brilliant. Something like that. Um, and we're probably all a little bit heavier than we were at the beginning of December, yeah? Happy days, that's what I say. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I always like to try and focus uh, on, an in, on individual people in the Christmas story. Uh, what they might be thinking, what their actions are. Uh, my favourite person to focus on, I've done uh, a lot, apart from Jesus, just get that out there now, is Joseph. Now, Joseph, uh, the betrothed husband of Mary, who learns that his bride is already with child. After considering divorcing her quietly, he's visited by an angel who helps guide him to take Mary as his wife, as the child is from God's Holy Spirit. Now, I love it in Matthew 1, verse 21, where the angel says to Joseph, you're actually to name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. What an honour for Joseph to name the Son of God, Jesus, the coming King of Kings. Now, I'm sure Joseph was a bit shell-shocked by this, but as a man of honour, he carries out the plans of the Lord. You see, Joseph became the adopted father of Jesus. And this is part of the Christmas story that proves it isn't just a nice, neat, little, packaged, wrapped bow of a Christmas story that we always think it is. A young lady who is pregnant, out of wedlock. An adopted father, ready to divorce at worst, stone Mary to death. A child born literally in a barn and laid in an animal feeding trough. Stinky shepherds visiting and far-off visitors with the strangest of gifts, although the gold probably went down quite well. A mad king, Herod, wiping out a generation of young boys, where we see Joseph, Mary and Jesus fleeing as refugees into a foreign land, hoping for asylum. You don't see that on Christmas cards, do you? It's a completely different story to what we kind of see out there. Now, something that's happened in our family over the years that I need to address here this morning. For many years, the older two boys, Joshua and Toby, who are sitting here and I will name them, have always said that Joel was adopted. (laughs) They call it banter. Fine line between bullying and banter. J 
Joel, I hate to break it to you this way this morning, but you are. You are adopted. Simple as that. In fact, actually, Tim, Verity, Nathan, you're adopted. I don't know if your parents have ever broken that to you. I am now this morning. You are adopted. In fact, is there anyone here this morning that's a follower of Jesus? I hate to break it to you, but you too are also adopted. Let me back that up with scripture. It's not just me being random Gary again this morning. Galatians 4, verses 4 to 8. It says, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons, because you are sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And since you are a son and a daughter, God made you also an heir. For those of us here this morning that are Christians, you are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. For each one of us who's called on his name, confessed our sins, have committed to Christ, your Father is the true Heavenly Father. In fact, you're not just sons and daughters, but brothers and sisters of Christ. We can go one step more if you want. Your heirs, as it says there. Your inheritance is the kingdom of God. Wow. That's better than any present you're going to get at Christmas, I'll tell you that now. Actually, the theologian uh, John Piper sees adoption as central to the gospel message that Jesus brought. Stating that the word redeemed in verse 5 that I've just read means that there was a cost an exchange. That's what redeem means. There's an exchange. It's the cross of Christ that is the redeeming price. The cost for God to obtain more sons and daughters was to sacrifice his only son. In this sacrificial act, you were bought at a price, an extremely high price, a price that God somehow in his infinite wisdom thought right, beyond our human understanding of how that works, and we're called to trust him in that. I want to address a few people here this morning that may be uh, visiting part of the church. For those of you here this morning that you are sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father and are maybe struggling with life a little bit, can I persuade you to rethink how God sees you? You are precious to God. Absolutely precious to God. In fact, let's take it a step further than sons and daughters. Let's take it to princes and princesses. Because you're heirs to the king. That's what it means when you're heirs to the king. In God's kingdom, you are princes and princesses. In verse 7, it says you're no longer slaves. Do not live in fear. In fact, it says we're to cry, Abba, 
father. Abba is simply daddy. It's the word we associate most as a child with our parents. Mainly mummy, he said, (laughs) as a small child. Mummy, mummy, can you say daddy once, please? That'll be really helpful. Go to daddy. But actually, that's what we do. We say mummy, we say daddy. And that's what Abba is. It's saying daddy. It's that closeness, that bond that a child has with their father. So God calls us to draw near to him. And if you're struggling with things like self-worth, identity issues, whatever your plight might be, call out Abba. Call out to daddy. Come to him like a desperate child in need of a hug. For those of you here this morning that maybe don't really know God, don't know if there is a God, or maybe you've been, you feel hurt by God or church in some way, could I ask you to think differently about this God that the world portrays and consider God in a different light? Could you start to look at him as a good, good father, like we've just sung? Not an earthly father where, quite frankly, we mess up quite a lot, don't we? Thanks, Joel, for backing me up there. We mess up. In church uh, circles, we often use the word Christian. Okay? And I, I think actually what we probably need to do is start thinking uh, about people uh, in a different light to the word non-Christian. It's just something I've been musing on this week. I think we should need to see people as orphans, as fatherless. It says in scripture, God looks out for the fatherless. In a book uh, which uh, we went through with the young people a couple of years ago uh, by a guy called Mark Stibby called Orphans to Heirs, um, he likens the, 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 the cross of Christ to an orphanage. It's a really interesting concept. Where the fatherless world of people, past, present and future, are sitting in a room. All of a sudden a door opens. And as the door opens, in walks this perfect father, this heavenly father. He tells you about this wonderful home that he has, this kingdom, a palace. It's a forever home. It's not temporary. It's forever. The orphans hear the story and are amazed. Then this father figure starts to point. And he says, I want you, 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 I want... He points to every single person in the room. I want you. One by one, the orphans stand up and start walking towards this father figure, this new father. But not everyone. In fact, quite a few don't follow. The door is left open for others to follow, maybe at a later time. But there's a time lock on the door and one day it will close. A recent movie I saw at the cinema, in fact twice 
I got to see it, which was very good, um, uh, confirmed for me uh, that adoption is so key in understanding the father heart of God. It's so key. If you haven't seen the latest Star Wars uh, movie by now, uh, then actually what have you been doing with your life, quite frankly? Sorry, just joking. Yeah, thank Got a nod of approval over there from Andy. Thank you very much. I'm not going to give any spoilers away. <laughs> but the latest saga in this story follows a young woman called Rey. If you haven't ever seen a Star Wars movie, I'm just, just going to give you a little briefing. For her, the underlying question is, who are her parents? That's the underlying thing. Who are her parents? What's her family line? I can keep this fairly spoiler-free if you haven't seen the movie. But she is asked very early on in the film what her name is. This little girl gives her name, and it's the first name, second name. That's her family line. And Ray just says... It's Ray. Just Ray. That's it. And you can see a little bit of puzzlement on her face. She's realising that. Fast forward to the end of the film. She is then asked again by an old lady, what is your name? And she says, it's Ray Skywalker. Ray Skywalker. Now that actually wasn't her line that wasn't her family name and during the film I won't say what happens but during the film she does find out who her parents are and what line she comes from and it's not good it's not good at all in fact it's really evil oh sorry am I giving it away (laughs) told you go and see the film January the 12th, it's been out for a month. (coughs) She chooses to take the name of two people that have been really influential in her life, Luke and Leia, who are brother and sister, Skywalker. She She chooses to take this name, Skywalker, to be effectively adopted into a really, really good family with a great legacy. It's only a film. I have to keep reminding myself of that. (laughs) It's only a film. But for me, I I was actually crying whilst watching that film because it perfectly summed up, for me, adopting, taking in this, this, this waif and stray, this person that has just got no hope, into a family and giving them hope. We watched... Instant family, was it, last night? Same concept of just taking in these kids that have been rejected or have got no, no stable home whatsoever. If you here this morning feel like you're one of those orphans, if you feel like that, then I, can I encourage you to, to chat to the person that invited you this morning, family member, friend, whoever it might be, as I believe they would love to introduce you to our Heavenly Father. Don't leave this morning asking, am I a Christian? Leave here this morning knowing that you can be a child of God with an eternal destiny with him. That's what God wants for you. 
It's as simple as that. This is a simple gospel message. There's nothing deep here. It's a simple gospel message that Christ died so you can have access to a heavenly father, the riches of heaven. Sons and daughters, no more than that, princes and princesses of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Let me finish with a scripture, and I aim this towards Joel, Tim, Verity, and Nathan, but we can all, we can all joy in this. It's Galatians 3, just literally a bit before, 26 to 29. You are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and there's that word again, heirs, according to that promise. Heirs of the King of Kings, the Heavenly Father. Many of us here this morning claim that scripture. My Heavenly Father, through the cross of Christ, has said, I want you. I want you. I want all of you. Will you rise this morning and take his hand into an eternal promise of being a prince of princes? The princess of the princesses, the king of kings the Lord of Lords. That's what it's about. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you that the gospel message is a simple one. But it is so profoundly deep that you, in your infinite wisdom, stepped out of heaven, placed yourself in the figure of Jesus on this earth to show people there is a way. And Father, I thank you for the cross of Christ, as ugly and as brutal and as awful as it was, I thank you for the beauty of it, that you sent your only son so that we could become your sons and daughters. Father, we thank you that you are an eternal king, that your kingdom is forever. And for those of us that have said, yes, daddy, I want to be in your kingdom, then we will be with you forever. Father, for those here this morning that maybe don't know you, Lord, I pray right now that their heart will just be pounding for their father, who loves them so much that he sent his only son so that we could become adopted sons and daughters. We thank you for these guys that are going to go through the waters of baptism this morning. Father, pray your peace and your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you do want to talk to me or anybody else afterwards, one of the leadership team, about what I've said, because it's such a powerful thing. It's such a powerful thing. I can't, I can't emphasize it enough as a Christian, as a leader in this church. It's so key. And these guys have recognised it. I love that. Yes. Young people, come on. Um, we're going to watch a, um, a song now, okay? A bit weird. We're going to watch a song. Um, 
part of what we do here is, is, is when the young people are getting, or people are getting baptised, we say, is there a song that you really love, you really draw close to God in? And, and some of those worship songs we've had this morning and will continue to have, uh, have been chosen by these young people. And one of them uh, said, we can't quite sing this one, which I agree, unless we actually get Governor B in here to do it. Um, but let's just, let's just watch, watch the words, listen to, the, to, to what Governor B is saying as, as we just reflect on cast your cares on his shoulders. So thank you, guys. Uh, I'm back again because uh, uh, one of the other jobs I've got to do so is explain why we do what we do. Um, is it, it's not just a laugh, it's not just anything particularly special about the water, it's a really significant uh, event, uh, it signifies something really, really powerful, uh, as Gary said uh, in his talk, but I just want to run through it, and why are these people doing what they do? These four youngsters coming up, going to go into this water, they go down into the water, uh, they'll make promises, because the Bible asks us to make promises, which you'll see in a second, and they come up out of the water saying, well, I've got a new life in Christ. They're, the, they're, um, they're dying to themselves and they're living now for Christ. And that's such a powerful thing and the world needs it. And I love this statistic which, which been, we've been quoting quite a bit, which the church globally now is growing at the fastest rate since the resurrection. And that's because Jesus is head of his church. He's still alive. They haven't found the body. You won't find the body. He was resurrected. Uh, we hang our, our coattails on that promise. It's what we confess and we serve and follow him. And that's what they're going to promise to do today. And it's a big promise. It's a promise uh, even bigger than wedding vows. It goes beyond that. It's for eternity. So it's really, really important. So they'll give testimony to why they've got to this stage, and they'll go into the water. They're not people who are going to say, I've got it all sorted out. I've got everything worked out, so I'm ready to be baptised. Actually, baptism is for sinners only. If you think you've got it all worked out and you don't need Christ, you are in error. Uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. All of us, only one didn't, and it was Christ. And he takes all my wrongdoing, and he takes it to the cross, and he deals with it. And the cry of the cross is, it's finished. The Bible says, your sins I will remember no more. They're buried at the bottom of the ocean. And I'm made clean in him. It's a transaction. Not only does he take my stuff on, onto him, Jesus on the cross and deals with it. He gives me, the Bible says, clothes me in his righteousness. This is the transaction that is the best deal you're ever going to get in life. He pays for their sin. And if he doesn't pay, it means you pay and you don't want to go down that road. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should live forever. And that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, Why do we do it? First of all, teaching of Jesus, the end of Matthew 28, the last words recorded by Matthew of Jesus. He said, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All the leaders we've got, all the authority is actually not with them. It's to him. It's in Christ. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Followers. He didn't just say converts. He said followers, disciples. One who learns is what it literally means. Of all nations baptising them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's what they are the words that will be said. We do it exactly how the Bible tells us to. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of this age. And for these four, they're going to get so many different messages, and we do as well. But, but, but Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, to him. So in a way, they're set free. They don't have to keep listening to the world's message when it's in error. They can say, Jesus, Jesus is my king, and I will follow him no matter what. And it's going to be costly, 
but you gain everything. All authority is his. He is the authority. And he promises to send the Holy Spirit, which they'll be prayed to receive, to help us do that. We know we're not perfect, but he will do a work in us, which is amazing. So we've got the teaching of Jesus. And then we've got the example of Jesus. Jesus himself was baptised in in the same gospel, Matthew. Gospel means good news. This is good news. Jesus was baptised. John the the Baptist was baptising people in repentance. And when Jesus came to him, he said, no, I'm not worthy to baptise you. He said, we must do this to fulfil all righteousness. And Jesus, it said he goes, he, he went into the water, he was baptised, and it said he came up out of the water. Out, out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. I mean, I really believe, I mean, we, we know in the Bible there's an absolute party that goes on in heaven when one person turns to God, and these four doing that this morning is amazing. So we've got the teaching of Jesus, the example of Jesus, the teaching of the apostles in Acts 2, Peter is preaching to a crowd, it's sort of all gone uh, quite, uh, uh, quite magnificent, everyone's becoming Christians, and he preaches and he gives the whole story, he gives the whole story out how Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that they were waiting for. He's the one that can deal with all the wrongdoings. And he takes it on the cross and deals with it. And, and at the end, he preaches this good news. He says, someone is paying for your sin. This is the Messiah. And at the end of it, at the end of it, they said, well, what must we do? They were cut to the heart. What must we do? And he said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins and receive the Holy Spirit. So we've got the teaching of Jesus, the example of Jesus teaching of the apostles. Later on in Acts 8, Philip, he runs along a chariot and there's this Ethiopian who's been reading Isaiah and, and Philip explains it to him. He said, what's all this about? And he explains it and he explains how Jesus came for you and for him. And he said, well, here's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptised? It was immediate. It was immediate following that other uh, sermon that Peter preached. It says over 3,000 were baptised. Now, I've often said, if, we, you know, if all of you all of a sudden said baptised before we say, can we do 10 today, 10 tomorrow, 10 the next day? But it says on that day, it was so important. They didn't waste any time. They got baptised. Repent means change your mind. Turn to God. Trust in the cross. He's paid for your sin. Repent. Turn to God. Put him first. And if you've done that, get baptised. Not, can I work out all my life and all the answers? That's the mistake I made. Um, and uh, I just realised it's 20 years ago, next month I was baptised there. But, but I kept on thinking, I've got to get it all worked out. But it's not. All you have to do is put your faith in Christ and follow him with the help of the Holy Spirit. Get baptised. That's the beginning. It's new birth, which is why Gary's saying, uh, you know, well, I said, sorry, it's birthdays, but there's a new birth uh, today as well, spiritual birth. So what does it mean? It means it's a sign of a union with Christ. In Romans 6, verse 4, it says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that's what they're committing to doing this morning. They're going to live a new life for Christ. For Christ. They're not like a West Ham manager, Moyes, who leaves... And, and goes somewhere else, and, and then you can call him, call him back again uh, to be the manager again. It's not like that. It's, it's you were in the kingdom of darkness. Now, now you're in the kingdom of Christ, of Jesus, of light. And so when the enemy comes knocking, he says, no, I don't belong to you anymore. Uh, I've left. There's no returning. This is for life. 
And this is the commitment you're making this morning. It's a sign of a union with Christ. It's a sign of being cleansed from sin. Acts 22, 16. And now, what are you waiting for? And maybe that's to some of you this morning. Get up, be baptised, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. See, it's on his name. You can't call it our own name. It's a sign of becoming part of the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13. Just as, uh, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. We were all baptised by one spirit so as to form one body. You're part of the family of God. You've been born again. You're part of the family. And of course you'll hear them with their confessions of faith as they say their promises. Romans 10 verse 8 onwards. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you know, there'll be one that tries to tell you maybe uh, at some point in your life, oh, you know, did, are you really? Does God really love you? And you've got to make a, choi- a choice then to rely on the word of God or just your feelings. Interestingly, when the spirit of God comes down on Jesus, when he was baptised, a few verses later, the enemy says, you know, if you're the son of God. Tries to put the doubt in his mind. He'll try and do that with you, but you can rely on the word of God. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then, finally... If you come out of this water, you are, you are a new person. You are new. You've been renewed. He's, you've, you're clothed in his righteousness. He's going to do a work in you by the power of the Holy Spirit to help you become more like him. The theological word is sanctification. It's becoming more like Christ. You can't do it on your own, but every day ask for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, go on being filled with the Spirit. The baptism in the water is a one-off event. There's no second baptism. It's a one-off event. This is, if you like, in the Baptist church, the initiatory rite. We have two sacraments, baptism and communion. You can come tonight and take the second one. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That's the ongoing one. But this is a, this is a one-off. But the infilling of the Spirit, you need him every day. Keep being asked to be filled with the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and this is to you four this morning, this, you believe this. The new creation has come. The old has gone. As you go under, they'll go right under the water. And we cover them. It's full immersion baptism. The Ethiopian went down into the water. Jesus came up out of the water. It's not a parent making promises for the baby. It's the believer making promises for themselves and committing to Christ for eternity. So they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, and this is for you now this morning, you're being commissioned, you are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Wherever you go, you are an ambassador for Christ, and what you do and say reflects on him. That's why we call ourselves Christians. Someone once said, if you take, um, if you take the Christ out of Christian, you're left with Ian, he'll tell you nothing. <laughs> it's in the word of God. It's all about Christ. And you are a new creation and you're going to be sent from this place 
as Christ's ambassadors. And that is the biggest privilege anyone can ever give you. So if you're sitting here this morning, you've not heard this message, the good news is, is that you need forgiveness. And you've, you, you, we can't match up to the, to the uh, standards of God. But that's not to condemn us. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn it, I came to save it. What's he saving you from? He's saving you from the penalty of the wrongdoing. Someone has to pay, otherwise God's not a holy God, or he doesn't care. If someone hurts one of your children, you would want someone to pay for that. But God says, well, I want someone to pay. Justice has to be done. We have to take sin seriously, but I'm going to pay it for you if you want me to. Otherwise, you pay. I don't want to pay for it. I want Jesus to take my sin. And he puts it on the cross, and the cry of the cross is finished. People, when he was on the cross, said, if he's the Son of God, let him come down. Let him save himself. He couldn't save himself. He was being busy saving you. And he pays for the sin. And because that wasn't the end, he's resurrected, he defeats death, he defeats Satan, and this is the life that you lead. You are, you are not uh, Moyes going back to West Ham. You are, you've left the kingdom of darkness, you're in the kingdom of light. There is no turning back. You have repented, you've turned. You are for God, and he is for you. Amen to that, right? Amen. Brilliant. I think I've said enough. If... Um, if you're sitting there and not heard this and want to know more, we regularly run alphas to demand. As soon as we've got enough people, we'll run it. Alpha, Jesus said, I'm the alpha and the omega. Alpha means the beginning. If you want to start that journey, then sign up and we'll, we'll, we'll take you through the basis of Christianity, which is a heart faith, not just doctrine. Or maybe you're sitting there, you know this message, you're thinking, well, you know, it's pretty obvious. I mean, there's nowhere in the New Testament where you find people who became Christians who ignored baptism. They, they were all baptised. This is really important. There's nothing magical about the water. It's about their hearts that have turned to God. So if that's you this morning, I'm going to be at the back. Come up and see me. And if, uh, if we, we feel it's right and you feel it's right, we'll baptise you this morning. But other than that, let us know and we'll, run. we'll fill this up as much as uh, you want us to. But commit your life to Christ. You know, a, a third of the world are professing uh, Christians. The church is growing at a phenomenal rate. Be part of that family and go and be ambassadors for Christ. I'm going to pray for these Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the truth of this, and we thank you for the significance of these baptisms. And I pray for all four this morning, anyone else who's thinking about it, and I pray, Lord, uh, they will know, as it is, that moment in that pool, even with all these people, with all their professing of faith um, uh, to them, that at that moment it's between you and them. It's personal. And I pray, Lord, the infilling of the Spirit on them and in them, and they go out and make disciples for you. They'll be great ambassadors for you. So I pray your blessing on them now. In Jesus' name, amen.